Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the main event, Mark's podcast, brought to you by Belly Up on Hinge Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, Cat Dad, and the man who never forgets that its official name is Slim Jim's Halloween Slim Jim's Havoc, brought to you by Slim Jim's. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Eddie Guerrero to my Rey Mysterio Jr., it's Greg. What's up, Greg? I prefer Jack Link's turkey. Oh, yeah, well, and, and you know who's uh, who brings you the Jack Link's jerky is the Yeti. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Brock Lesnar. I think he's doesn't he have them as a sponsor in his tights? Uh, maybe he does. I think he does. Yeah. Or is that the uh, sandwich place? I don't know. Jimmy John's. Yeah. Well, I think I think he has both Okay. or had both. I like them both. So I don't give a damn. When you hey, when you talk about uh, you know messing with Sasquatch, I think the one guy that could do it is freaking Brock Lesnar. So, well, like Matt McAfee said, dude, if the aliens invaded and we had to pick one guy to fight them, Brock Lesnar's everyone's pick. Yeah, right. He looks like <laughs> Goro came to life, but you know, with only two arms. <laughs> uh, I mean, Goro from the farm at one point too. Yeah. But either way, man, today we are covering our one and only Halloween Havoc of the Month. And what a Halloween Havoc it is, man. Yep. Uh, man, this one, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> well, that's the show. Good night, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the turnoff. I actually really love this show, but there are aspects about it that oddly make it one of the worst things you've ever seen on a really great show. If right. that makes any sense. I, I don't know <laughs> what it is about Halloween Havoc, but it was uh, Hogan must close, pal. And it wasn't well, just... Bischoff, oh, is, Bischoff has said that that team was the tentpole event. He would not say it's the arcade, but... Yeah. Uh, weird, I guess but, that's why. Yeah. Let's not go with the, you know, the one that we've built up since, uh, I don't know, 1980 freaking three as the show. No, no, no. Halloween Havoc. <sighs> but... Yeah, uh, 1995. Uh, he cl- Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. You bet you got to say it, dude, or just oh, don't say it God. at all. Don't That's don't right. disrespect. It, I, Slim Jim's <laughs> Halloween. Slim Jim's Havoc. Brought to you by Slim Jim's. My bad. Uh, 
in the MGM but, Grand. Oh, well, of course. Uh, but he he actually, uh, Hogan closed 94 against Ric Flair. And then he took a he took a year off from the geezers to wrestle in 95 against uh, the, the the giant. Twice? And then, yeah, technically? yeah, we'll technically. That, yeah, we'll call that wrestling. Uh, but then it was in, better than the damn match. <laughs> that's debatable. Uh, but, but then in, Not my in, eyes. <laughs> in 96, he takes on the macho man. 97, he's taken on Roddy Piper. 98, he takes on the warrior. Uh, I, I think, think he, we're going to go ahead and forget that one. Yeah. Uh, Halloween Havoc 1999, he doesn't close. That one is, uh, shoot, Goldberg there? and Sting. Uh, he is there. He takes on Sting for the world title in the middle of the card. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Yeah, and then Sting comes out later and says they're going to have another match. Goldberg takes it and wins it. Next night, Sting said he never said anything about the title, but I'm just carrying over the Hogan part. Yeah, and then he's he's not there for 2000. So, yeah, he had already left. No, he's gone. It. Yeah, I think he's, he's gone forever, bro. SW. Right. Hey, you know what? That's the one thing, uh, and I think, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not defending it, but it's the one thing Russo said that ever he stuck to. At Halloween, at the Bash of the Beach, he said, you'll never see the SOB in this company again. You didn't. Yeah. Well, he, he was sure of it because of uh, <laughs> you know, legalities and whatnot, but yeah. Uh, but all I'm saying is he kept his word, bro. Hey, it's like, uh, you know, the uh, the alliance to end Hulkamania did technically end Hulkamania. Uh, because, did. you know, they, he came back next time we saw him. He turned on the fans, brother. And uh, he was the third man of the NWO. So there you go. But, well, that's only because they couldn't get Mabel. But let's let's not digress. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> out of, I think out of five years in a row, he headlined, you know, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98. He four out of five of those he closed against an old ass man like himself, and all of them. Correct me if I'm wrong, were like a screwy finish. Mm, probably, I don't remember '94's finish, but I'm gonna go on a go out on a limb. I think and say I think right. that's when the that's when the butcher got involved and he was the under guy under the black mask. Where it was it was yeah. What were they calling him? The he was brother Brudai. Well, one of his million names. I think it was his brother Brudai. And then he turned yeah, into the pusher. Yeah, and then they they told him quit calling him Brother Brudai. Told him to stop calling him the butcher. Uh, and then he became the band with no name. And yeah, so. Uh, and 90, but you got that figure. Pretty awesome figure, by the way. Ninety-five. <laughs> that match ended with him getting foot bucked by uh, the Yeti, while the while the giant was like, "Hey, you're screwing this dog. I'm just holding its head." Uh, <laughs> And Jimmy Hart turned on him too, by the way. Yeah. That. Oh hell yeah! Uh, and then '96 uh, was—I don't remember what the hell happened with him and Macho. I want to say that was him and Macho, and he had that stupid thing on his head. I'll, I'll never forget that. that yeah, the wig, hair. Yeah, because that was from the, uh, I, the Three Ninjas movie, which sucked. The first Three Ninjas <laughs> movie is a classic. Okay, go watch that. But the rest of them suck, and that was the absolute worst. Yeah. You've never seen well, the original Three Ninjas movie. It's like Ninja Turtles meets Home Alone. It's really damn good. Well, I know. Uh, well, also that year, he also did Santa with Muscles. So, you know, good stuff, pal. Shut the hell up. 
<laughs> but we have a lot of news and notes to get into. I like a, a, a metric ass ton. So we're going to do all that. We're going to pause right quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks all one word for 15% off your order. But now that we're done with that, we're going to get into the news and notes, pal. And right after this, it's news and notes time. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's main event marks redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control. It gave me my life back. Axonics Therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about, and it can give you real, lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back 
Just to let you know, the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. Also, if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politics free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. And it's news and notes time. It's it's about five o'clock, so it counts. <laughs> it's uh, just a uh, sparkling water. Oh well, then. Uh, well, it's not Lacroix though. We lost a sponsorship a couple weeks ago, and we slammed the hell out of them. But oh no! <laughs> no. Now uh, we'll have to get some other piss water to sponsor us. Damn! Damn us! Anyway, uh, speaking of which, my piss has more flavor than LaCroix. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Moving on. WCW broke their all-time gate record again this week, but this time they did it for a show that's still over a month away. The upcoming World War III pay-per-view in November, with no matches announced, has already, sold, <laughs> has already sold over 9,000 tickets in advance for over $306,000 plus dollars at the gate. Wow. It's, it's the first time the WCW ever broke the 300000 mark for a show, and considering it's sold this much so far in advance is just beyond amazing. Okay, a couple of things. Number one, that's $100,000 a ring. So there you go. <laughs> there you and, go. Got to pay the jobbers, two, pal. <laughs> two, uh, jobbers and some even less than jobbers. Two, uh, the news you're reading, is that before or after Halloween Havoc? I mean, this is like right before Halloween Havoc. So it's, okay, it's the so week of. Okay, so there's no there yet. So I'm just the trying World to figure out what the hell... Well, they're going to have the, the contract signing at World War Three, but I'm trying to figure out what the hell made that thing sell out like that. The spectacle. It's the only thing I can think of, man. This is 98, right? What, no, sorry, 97? Yeah, 97, 96 yeah. was Macho Man winning it? No, it was the Giant. No, man. that was 95. Yeah, 90, 95 was Macho. Man. Yeah. 96 was <sighs> the Giant. The, the first one was for the Wagon title. The second one was for a shot at the title. And this one's obviously for a shot, too, but who gives a damn? <laughs> Isn't it Scott Hall who wins weird. this one? 97? Yeah, I want to say. Probably. I want to say it's Scott Hall. Ah, hell if I know. Um, yeah, it is. But, Nash went to the next year, and I don't think there is one in 99, right? 
it's mayhem. Yeah, so it's Scott Hall and then Nash. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Scott Hall, you know who he last eliminated to win? Got to do it again. The Giants. The Giants. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so World War Three, man. I, I don't know. I've never seen a more blatant in-your-face display of how bloated the WCW roster was than World War Three. Yeah, makes you wonder if they can do something like that on AW. Oh, God, yeah. Hey, I'm not even up trying to be funny, talent. by the way. I mean, they could. Yeah, I know. And Tony like, Khan's a mark for this stuff, so. It seems like every week I get these random, because, you know, if you search, if you click on certain things on Instagram, it'll give you, like, related stuff, whatever, in your search. So yeah, I keep, it ticks me know, off, but yes. Yeah, and I get a bunch of, like, wrestling stuff, whatever, from various people I've never heard of. Uh, and I, it seems like every damn week I'm seeing more and more local quote unquote local talent or indie people. It's like, Oh, I was on dark or dark elevation. And then they keep going back and going back. And I'm like, how many of you are there? Like, good Lord. Yet Jay lethal can't get featured on TV. He will be next week. Oh, well, as of this recording. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not a moment too uh, soon. eh? As Jim Cornette said, someone fished him out of witness protection and put him on TV. <laughs> well, yeah. Greg, you got to you got to cool him off and and uh, ready it for uh, for February, and then you can break them all. <laughs> well, you, and, be fair, uh, you don't want a guy in your TV that could show up everybody, and he's only performing in half what he's capable of. Yeah. Um, well, so- I, well, we have a black guy with talent that everybody likes. I, bury him on dark. <laughs> For the record, I'm not. They don't black, have very but... many. Uh, they don't have very many uh, top tier black talents. By the way, if you think about it. Yeah, you got like the acclaim. The acclaim, as a, but... an act. But yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, and he's all about the demos. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. and never mind what color he is. By the way, Jay Lethal is just better than like 98 percent of that roster. Right. But... He just happens to <laughs> be black. But at the same uh, time, it's like. Like I said, you got to, you know, you got to cool them off. Wait till February, Black History Month, man. Then you can break them all out and act like you give a damn. Just like every June, they dust off Sunny yeah. Kiss and, you know, whatever. They did, well, WWE's not, a, not, a, not a, uh, uh, innocent in that. They put, um, what's that name of that Ring of Honor champion right now? The woman, Mercedes Martinez and Jake Atlas oh, yeah. on a team together last June. Like, oh, that was oh, kind of lazy. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what Jake Atlas is up to nowadays. <laughs> I don't think we want to talk about him. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not. Uh, anyway, back to WCW though. Uh, something that wasn't tanking. This week's Nitro had its best rating ever against Raw, doing a four point fifty four rating that seemed to actually have drawn viewers away from Monday Night Football. If you add in Raw, which oh, what? Also- can you real quick? What day is this? I want to get. Uh, it was, uh, let's see, this show took place on October, uh, 26th, so count back six days, so October 20th, uh, 1997. October 20th, 1997, Monday Night Football, let's see who's playing that. October 20th, uh, Bills and Colts. Bills and Colts, okay, so the Colts were historically bad on their way to getting Peyton Manning, so I can see why no one watched this crap, okay. I got it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, want to know Either they're on the way to get Peyton Manning or they just got him and he ain't good yet. It's one of the two. Right. <clears throat> I'm going to go with the latter. 
Uh, well, you want to know the final score to drive that home? Bills nine, Colts six. <laughs> so not oh, a single man. touchdown was was made in this game. Not one. Yeah, you said that's six, what I, right? Yes, uh, six to nine. Hold yeah. on. They could have been a missed extra point, but I'm going to go with there is no touchdown. But, you, but I'm just saying it's possible. Well, here we go with the with the you know to get a little granular here. First quarter, uh, field goal from the Bills. Second quarter, field goal from the Bills. Third quarter, field goal from the Colts. Fourth quarter, they both got a field goal. Okay, I stand corrected. Okay. All yeah. Right. So <laughs> that sounds like the greatest game in the history of our great sport. <laughs> To wrap this up, though, uh, if you add in Raw, which also did a decent rating, uh, it means that over 5.3 million homes were watching wrestling that night, which breaks the all-time record for people watching pro wrestling on cable. Wow. That's crazy. Not bad. Real quick, I'm looking at the the main events right now for Uh uh, October 20th, 1997. Raw's main event was the Disciples of Apocalypse versus... The Godwins. Oh, I'm God. sure there was a non-wrestling segment to end the show. That couldn't have been the end. But that was the, the main event. Um, yeah, Shawn Michaels was going hard. European title. Uh, and then over on Nitro, the main event was Scott Hall versus Scott Steiner. So, Meh. Yeah. I mean, that's only a hell of a lot better than the Godwins in the, in the <laughs> race. Just, I mean, the uh, Cybles Apocalypse. Hey, well, I mean, you're, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's a mighty high bar you're setting there, Greg. I don't know if you can <laughs> jump over it. Uh, look at some of this, though. Luger and Booker T, that was probably good. Scott Norton, Ray Trailer. Oh, man. This hey, oh, one right Lord. here may have been amazing. Kurt Henning versus Dimalenko. Eh, it could have been, yeah. Uh, and I say could have been because we just, we just reviewed stuff yeah. from them that tanked. Yeah, so. right. Mysterio and Disco Inferno, Yuji Nagata, Hogan Tukura, Steve McMichael and Mortis to take my money. Oh, F yeah. Bill Goldberg squashes Wrath in 20 seconds. Of course. Okay, this one was probably amazing. It has to be Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. There's no way that was a flop. Even on their worst night, they're better than everybody. Yeah, right. I don't know. Uh, I can see why this Nitro delivered. Yeah. And, and Nitro was pretty hot in 1997. So. Either way, uh, it got to the yeah. point where, like, you have to watch it, even if it's bad, because you have to know what's going to happen. Right. So, yeah. so, I don't know, man, but that raw main event. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Hell <laughs> yes. Yeah, asses and seats, man. Uh, something else that had my ass oh, in the real, seat. Quick, real quick. I just, I just saw this. I didn't realize this. I, I'm not reading it wrong. On this raw, Takamichi Noku took on Yoshihiro Tajiri. <laughs> what? Wow. Well, it says, but it only lasts two minutes and 55 seconds, so it probably wasn't of good. Course. Just bro, weird that that Japanese, happened. bro. Nobody cares. Bro, they may steal the show if you let them have like 10 minutes or so, bro. Don't do it, bro. bro I, I don't get it, bro. They're not huge. They're not white. They, they don't have big jugs. Like, get them off my TV, bro. <laughs> have Tori rolling, or, or have Terry rolling around in pudding, bro. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I swear. I, <laughs> I don't have to. Tell, I don't have to say anything. It's no proof. No pun intended. Proof is in the pudding. He's literally done this crap. <laughs> so, oh. oh yeah, right. Yeah, uh, proof is in the women rolling around in pudding. 
<laughs> anyway, I mean, you know, uh, the heterosexual male me's not complaining, but the wrestling fans like, what the hell is this? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, speaking of what the hell is this? No, I'm kidding. I've never seen this, so I don't know. Uh, this week, TNT is airing Hulk Hogan's new made-for-TV movie, Assault on Devil's Island. The WWF, yeah. uh, the WWF has responded by putting together a Survivor Series flashback show, which will just be a highlight show of old Survivor Series clips. WWF has scheduled this show to air twice, both at the same time as Hogan's new movie will be airing. Eric Bischoff was clearly annoyed by this because he brought it up about three different times on Nitro, saying that Vince McMahon is scared of Hogan's new movie. Uh, I don't know what there's to be scared about. I mean, like, he's... Well, sure, the he's problem is, though, when you, when you counter-program, I mean, is Bischoff wrong? He might be, but uh, yeah, well, going my, off my, that, is he wrong? My point is, I, I don't think he was, like... Because there was nothing... It's not competition or anything. It wasn't airing against his stuff at all. I think what he was doing was just, it, it was a petty shot. It was all it was. So he just wants oh, to crap yeah. on, on Hogan. Was that the movie with Carl Weathers in it, by the way? I think it was. Uh, according to what you had told me in the past, yes, that is correct. I've never seen it. I've ne- Until we started doing this podcast, I've never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, so it's got, I, Yeah, I it's know. got Carl Weathers in it. That's well, Apollo Creed, man. Hell yeah. He, I hope he did a manly effing handshake with Hogan. <laughs> Hulk walks up. Yeah. Uh, Hulk walks up. <laughs> you son of a brother. And they <laughs> clap hands. Plus a former Raider, so I like him even more. Good lord. Uh, anyway, this story is very infamous. Eric Bischoff oh, held Oh, man. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me wet my whistle for this one. Here we go. Eric Bischoff held a meeting with all the wrestlers before Nitro this week and talked about attending Brian Pillman's funeral. He said that he isn't naive enough to think that WCW doesn't have a drug problem, but he said he hasn't personally seen any major examples. Uh, has has he been uh, diligently testing the Steiner brothers? Uh, anyway. Well, Scott, for sure. Allegedly. Yeah, right. Uh, Bischoff told the wrestlers that if any of them are dealing with a drug problem, come to him and they will treat it like an injury and help them get it, get treatment and they wouldn't be punished. Of course, to this, Uncle Dave says, yeah, well, when Austin and Steamboat got hurt, they got fired. Like, well, I think there was more to it than they got hurt, but whatever. Either way. Well, Bischoff also the, the, coin, it's the best thing that ever happens to Uncle Steve Austin, right? So, yeah, right. whatever you want. And, uh, I got to point this out, like Bischoff, Bischoff did have a good point about this. He was like, I, I'm tired of getting crap about, oh, you fired Stone Cold Steve Austin. He said, no, I fired stunning Steve Austin. OK, he's like, people <laughs> act like he was this character and I and I had it right there and I just let it go. He was like, no, he's like, I don't think that character ever would have happened. And he never would have exploded like he did if I didn't fire him. He's like, he never would have done that in WCW. So he's like, because of me, that happened. <laughs> Like, it's true. Yeah, I, I can see his point with that. It's 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 like the whole thing with the with Babe Ruth and the Yankees. Like um, the Red Sox didn't trade away some unknown. They actually traded away Babe Ruth or sold right. him. So it's a lot different. OK, they got rid yeah, of a right. megastar. They shut off got rid of a guy. He was you know, barely using his undercard guy. Well, when uh, not to say he's not sitting himself in the ass of this day for it. 
What? <laughs> well, like I, I'm thinking back, like when Randy Johnson first started pitching, like didn't didn't he get traded from his first team? And the I don't Mariners, think he, yeah, I think they traded him to the Diamondbacks. I want to say. Yeah, I remember him as a Diamondback. As like, I don't think he did crap until he went to Arizona, and then it was like all he of a sudden, the like, series there. Yeah, it's like bam. Now he now he's the Randy Johnson. It's like before that, it was just like, yeah, he's a the pitcher. big unit. <laughs> yeah, the bird killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Bischoff also pointed out that WWF used the word ass seventeen times on the most recent Raw. And said that oh, Billy man. I want to know who sat there and counted that out. Because it wasn't Bischoff. Some, some poor intern. <laughs> yeah, he's like, write down how many times they say ass. Write it down, damn it. I, I want to I <sighs> see Vince McMahon saying that. It's like, how many times do they say swears? Write it down, damn it. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <sighs> but he said that WCW will be going in the opposite direction and not trying to use so much adult content. He said that six can no longer do the Bronco Buster. <laughs> uh, no, we're putting your junk in people's faces, pal. Uh, and well, the NW- damn. And the NWO I was seven no- years old when I learned that. Okay. Right. Uh, and the NWO can no longer do the crotch chop because they want to differentiate WCW as a cleaner product. Oh, man. Well. Uh, <laughs> advertisers are already leery of pro wrestling. And it is, or as it is, and yes. he, th- he thinks that WWF's more adult product is going to cause advertising problems for them. Uh, pause real quick right there. Uh, Bischoff, was, I mean, Bischoff and uh, uh, Bruce Pritchard did talk about, they said it's very hard to sell pro wrestling because if, if the people in, the, like, in these companies don't really know much about it, they're like, well, what are you selling me? And they're like, is it entertainment? Is it sport? Like, what do you like? What is this? And well, I think that would say it's both. But yeah, right. We're making movies, pal. I, I don't know. He they they always say it's it's very hard, and a lot of them. That's why they said it's so hard to get like beer sponsorships because uh, those are like big time sponsorships, and they just don't want to touch pro wrestling. Well, yeah. So, now Ray Mysterio has his uh, Mexican beer promotion. Really. <laughs> Ironically, though, it only happens on pay-per-view. I'm wondering now if they just can't have it on TV. Maybe. I don't know. Excuse me. Premium live events. Oh. But yeah, the last one, they pounded it home, man. Like, wow, I, really? I don't drink. And they're like, here, here, take it for free. Go drink it. <laughs> I don't want that piss water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he was advertising. I'm just kidding. But I forget what it was, too. But, but yeah, be I mean, the... so it's, it's a thing. He should replace the most interesting man in the world. In, this, in those Modelo or uh, or what was right. Modelo or whatever the hell I don't remember. I think it is Modelo. Yeah. But anyway, Bischoff then guaranteed that the WWF would be out of business within six months. <sighs> Hold on, this is October. Mm-hmm. October two uh, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. Do a little quick math on that. In six months, they will literally get their forces of victory over Nitro. <laughs> God, how <laughs> right. dumb was he to say that? Yeah, literally the reverse. <laughs> wow. Uh, but, but after Yo, you're this, talking about horrible Nostradamus. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> but after uh, this, he then said that there were only three people in that locker room who ever put asses in seats. Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and Roddy Piper. As you can imagine, Ric uh, Flair was, yeah. repe- was reportedly furious about that comment. 
Yeah, they said that just Flair right then. I don't know why, but Flair, they said Flair has always had confidence issues. And they said that just really killed him right there. Like, if it was like a stake to the heart. Uh, I mean, it's true. Blame him. It's not true. It's not, it's not false. Sorry, I'm looking for the right words. He's wrong. Well, okay. But, yeah. Well, I mean, are about, they talking about like right then and there? Because in 1997, how many people were looking for Flair? But if he's talking about all time, he's an idiot. Well, if you're thinking about people, I mean, Flair still could draw money. Uh, I mean, you I'm had not saying he couldn't. You had but I'm just saying at this room. point right here, I'm just saying at this yeah. point right here, Hogan, Piper are about to sell out Starcade. So yeah. It's a, wait, no, no, no. That's that was last year. They're about to. Well, Hogan and Sting. So it's still but Hogan. Well, his his comment his comment was that there were only three people in that locker room that ever drew money and that so ever yeah, put that's a stupid ass statement. Yeah, like well, uh, it's not like Flair, right now. You got Sting. I mean, there there were you know Steiners even. I mean, come on, you had some you had some bigger name talent. Kind of a, kind of a slap in the face of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash too, wasn't it? Yeah, that too. Like, oh, they never drew a dime. Like, really? Uh, it's kind of it was just really stupid to say. Uh, Bischoff said he wishes he well, had I mean, that I one back. I, I guess I never understood the context of that. I thought he was talking about, like right now. I didn't know all time. Yeah. Well, uh, Bischoff said he he wishes he had that one back, and he said like he didn't even think about it at the time. He just said it without thinking. Um, and he said, for the record, he said none of this stuff that he was saying. He he said he didn't believe in any of it. He said it was pretty much all handed down to him by Turner executives. And they were like, well, you have to do this and you have to say this. So he said he did not want to go more family friendly. He did not believe that the WWF was going in the wrong direction. And he said, if anything, it was more frustration at that point out of him. And he said he took it out on the wrong people. So yeah, I get, get that. that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Turner, though, uh, Ted Turner is giving WCW additional, an additional $8 million in their budget increase in 1998 for them to get more talent. Oh, well, yeah, because that's what they're missing out on. More people. All right, hold on. 1998 to get more talents. Who do they get? I can't name one person. More Mexicans? Maybe. And I'm not even trying to be funny or anything like that. I'm being serious. Maybe more Mexicans. No clue. Oh, well, Ultimate Warrior, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, That's 98. Yeah. Um, well, they said talent, though. I kid, I kid. <laughs> I'm just messing around. Well, to be fair, Ultimate Warrior in WCW was not talent. Well, it, make all no. your jokes about WWE, but in WCW, he was the absolute worst. And I'm a giant mark for his. I'm not going to admit it, but. It's just ironic he's going to make nine bucks for money, and within a year and a half or so, they're going to start losing everybody. The Radicals, Jericho, and... (laughs) Giant. Yep. Yeah, Giant, yeah. (sighs) Well, speaking of him, uh, the Giant is being paired with Rey Mysterio Jr. The Giant is being paired with Rey Mysterio (laughs) Jr. as a tag team, and Giant is really upset about it feeling that it reduces him to a mid-card comedy character. Oh, well, strap uh, in, buddy. <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. WTF is coming. <laughs> yeah, you, like, just, just, just hold out for a couple more years, man. You're, uh... uh I, you're gonna... I would be celebrating to be on a team with him instead of all the crap he did. 
Right. Uh, oh, well, I, you mean I have to team up with, with Rey Mysterio? I want to go back to the Dungeon of Doom. Now, hold on. To be fair, in 1997, this is still just some little luchador with a mask. He's yeah. not like one of the greatest ever at this point. So, to be yeah, fair. But, but still, he was like tearing it up and being put in some good programs. And it's like, and he wasn't a comedy act. So it's like, I can understand if, if they're like, oh, we're going to team you up with, and I like this oh, guy's Andy. wrestling. Don't, like, yeah, old Dandy. Uh, who the hell are you to question El Dandy? <laughs> but. <laughs> Like I, I like this guy, and the stuff he does now is more serious. But at the time, uh, like if if they were like, "Oh, we're gonna put you pair you up with La Parca," I, okay, why? Yeah, to dance but, around and beat the chairman's muscle. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, speaking of muscle, here we go. Uh, I see. I should have worked with him. That would have made him a lot of money with that. Do the exactly. giant dancing with a chair. Come on, dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> God. But, Just for the uh, record, that, that thing with him and Mysterio never comes across on TV, to my knowledge. So, Yeah, uh, not that I know of. Uh, former WWF announcer Todd Pettengill is reportedly trying to get hired by WCW. Well, that doesn't work. Uh, WCW nearly released... Why? Huh? Just ran, like, why? What, what the hell would he do there? They had Mean Gene already. I know. Is he looking to, to slide in a Mean Gene spot again? <laughs> Like, dude. Right. Me uh, was making the most money he ever made at this point, I think he had said. So you ain't oh, taking yeah. that spot. Yeah, he's sitting pretty. So you want to come get this pretty boy? You're going to get my foot up your ass. <laughs> but uh, WCW nearly released Bobby Eaton and Joey Mags, but Booker Terry Taylor want, went to bat for them because they've been loyal to the company and are well-liked. So for now, their jobs are saved. For the record, Mags retired in 1998 due to injury, and Eaton stayed on as an agent until 2000 when he retired. So you fire Bobby Eaton. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, what? That's a hand you would want in your backstage at this time. Just well, Greg, what? Like, why? Like, what, why would you want Bobby Eaton hanging around? Huh? Like, what? What, what could he possibly contribute? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, what is it? What? Who the hell? Sorry. <laughs> that reminds me, you know, it's ironic. Todd Pettengill took over for for Stan Lane and WWF, hyping the paper and stuff. Wow. It's kind of ironic. Uh, how about that? Well, this story is just I I don't believe this is true at all. I mean the premise of it is sort of true, but, but yeah, we're gonna talk about it. Well, Disco Inferno is expected to start using the stunner as oh his God. finishing move, which does happen, uh, which is retaliation for the WWF giving Mark Marrow the diamond cutter as his finisher. Uh, OK, first of all, I don't think he ever did the diamond cutter. He did the TKO. Kind of did. It was an F5 did. diamond cutter, but he did. Yeah, I mean, it's a completely different move. Like, uh, it's not the ace crusher. It's the freaking like it's a fireman's carry spun into yeah, you spin them into it, whatever, but like ugh, whatever. I don't think anybody was looking at that. It's like, well, that's the diamond cutter. Freaking idiots. And then uh Disco Inferno, <laughs> I don't think, started doing that move because oh, that's retaliation for blah, blah, blah. 
Okay, first of all, the, the summer wasn't. I it was, but it wasn't like hot as hell yet. It Why was would they just have to do the super kick or? Yeah, I. The diamond cutter and uh, the the uh, stone cold stunner ended up being like the two hottest moves in all of wrestling. Right, right. But at this point, right here, the diamond cutter is the move. The stunner yeah, is still much. being uh, still being born, even though he's used it. The diamond cutter is still the move. Yeah. I just I don't I don't believe that's true at all. Uh, but then what did he call it? The chartbuster, chartbreaker, chartbuster. Right? Yeah, chartbuster. Yeah. But then uh, Disco himself said that uh, people came like uh, Bischoff and whoever came to him uh, when they when uh, Beefcake became the the disciple. <laughs> and, oh yeah. And they what were like, that? well, and they were like, well, uh, Beefcake's going to start doing the doing the stunner, so you got to change your move. And he's like. I've been doing this for a while now. And they're like, yeah, well, uh, well, it's his now. <laughs> okay. Do you remember you know, what they called his? I forget. I'll give you a hint. It's an X-Men villain. Uh, oh, the apocalypse. Yep. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Cause when <laughs> I think Brutus, the F and Barber beefcake, <laughs> I think the stone cold stunner. <laughs> the hell ever oh man uh, speaking of him though uh not beefcake austin uh steve austin uh, <laughs> uh, steve austin's doctor has told him that he should rehab his neck for another couple of months and then be reevaluated so he's still not wrestling but he has been doing run-ins and the wwf is saying that his status is day-to-day he may not be back for survivor series spoiler he was Hashtag plans change, pal. Uh, I have to go back and really look at it, but I don't think he really wrestles on Raw, though, for the most no. part, until after WrestleMania. So, Oh, damn. That long? I'm pretty sure, unless he has a one-off here or there. But yeah, mm-hmm. he wrestles on and he wrestles that match with the Nation with the car involved, so he doesn't really do much wrestling. And he's in the Royal Rumble, then he's in an eight-man, and then he's facing Shawn Michaels. So he doesn't really do much. Yeah, or, they gave yeah. Yeah, they, they gave him a little lighter schedule, so there's that. Uh, speaking of which, though, Survivor Series in Montreal next month has already sold 10,000 plus tickets and is expected to sell out. I think it does. Oh, that's gonna be it's gonna be a good event. Yeah, yeah. The, watch out for that main event, pal. <laughs> uh, somebody, uh, a mutual friend of ours, sent me uh, that meme where it was like, girls, if they had a time machine, and it shows it was like. Woman goes back and they're like, uh, I'm your granddaughter from the future. And it's like, oh, really? Said guys with a with a time machine goes back and it's like, Brett, don't let Sean put you in the sharpshooter. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even go Uh, out. Yeah, right. Uh, Speaking of him, though, Brett Hart is scheduled to appear on Mad TV this week. He does. Man, kids to kids today will not know what the hell Mad TV was. Uh, Look it up on the YouTube. Yeah, think of Saturday Night Live, but a little bit more raunchy at times, uh, if you can even imagine that. My favorite, one of my favorites, was Kenny Rogers, Jackass. Go, go look that up. Bill Sasso, it's good stuff, pal. Uh, you mentioned this. I guy liked early. most of the skits with uh, Michael McDonald. He was funny. Yeah, and uh, oh, the the Stewart skits. Yeah. Those- those are my cousin's favorites. And the, and the Abercrombie and Fitch ones that, where they imply that they're like 
they have some like sexual homosexual overtones, but they're not. Of course. They're just they're just hilarious as hell, dude. <clears throat> yeah, that show that show was pretty good for its time. But uh, you mentioned this guy earlier. WWF held a press conference to announce the signing of Takamishinoku for three years at three hundred thirty thousand dollars per year. Jesus. <laughs> um, remember when Takamishinoku <laughs> signing was a big deal? I remember they showed it on Raw. They had Vince and uh, Linda there and some of the Japanese press. And, yeah, it was... and then that quickly went downhill. <sighs> what? Well, dude, within a year, he's doing the choppy choppy pee pee thing with the uh, Yamaguchi son. So, yeah, I'd say so. It's <laughs> a great yeah, use that... of your, of your uh, what, about a million bucks, apparently, almost. Yeah, it's great it was, use. It's over a quarter of a mil. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, the the uh, the bloom was off that rose fairly quickly. It just reminds me of the Sin Cara thing. Like they made this huge deal. Yeah. Oh my god, we got Mystico from Mexico. He's he's gonna be the next big star, and then uh in Taka's defense though, he was not bad. So No, Sin he Cara. just had to be there with Vince Russo running the ship, so that yeah. kind of hindered it a little bit. Unfortunately. Bro, he's small and Japanese. What do I do with that, bro? Bro, he's going to help cut off a man's pee-pee, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Jeff Jarrett returned to the WWF on Raw to cut a shoot promo about trashing WCW, saying that Eric Bischoff lowballed him on his uh, contract offer and stuff like that. The live crowd had absolutely no clue what he was talking about. He also tore into Steve and Deborah McMichael and also went after Vince McMahon for his previous time in the WWF, ripping on him as well. I remember watching this, and the one I remember him saying the most, I'm like, how did this get on TV? He said something about a black man with, that can't speak the English language. It took me a while to realize he's talking about Ahmed Johnson, but how the hell did that get on TV? Oh, man. That's, uh... Yeah, that's something, man. That was said. Uh, also, it's funny. We're in October of 97 right here. He's returning to the WWF. Two years from now, he's gone forever, bro. Around so, this time, man. Yep. No mercy. Showing up doing another shoot promo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you talking about talking about stroking it. <laughs> I got all the stroke buff. Wow. Uh, but uh, this guy, this this is actually the beginning of history right here. I'm not joking. Uh, Billy Gunn, formerly Rockabilly has changed his name to Badass Billy Gunn and formed a new team with Jesse James, who now goes by the name Road Dog. That's going to go nowhere, dude. Yeah, where, where the hell is that going to go? We're not going to be talking <laughs> about that, you know, five years from now. Scissor me, daddy ass. <laughs> Got to get it in. Anyway, uh, this one, this one broke my heart, bro. Uh, Aldo Montoya has been given his WWF release and will now start full time oh. with ECW. <laughs> oh man! Oh, how could you let him go? No, whatever. Life has no meaning. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Well, this one we actually got a lot to get into with this one, so uh, I, I I gotta hit the stinger. This week in ECW. 
If I may have guess, another volley. They're going to pick up the contract about him on Toyo, am I right? Oh, well, they already said he's starting full-time with ECW, so, which he doesn't for a little while. I, I don't know what he does with his off time. Maybe tries to get the stink of Aldo Montoya off of him, but, you know, whatever. Either way, Shane Douglas lost the ECW title to Bam Bam Bigelow to set up a rematch, which is expected to headline ECW's November to Remember pay-per-view, uh, your favorite pay-per-view name. <laughs> the decision oh, to man. Go- the decision to go this direction oh. was a recent one. Huh? I just wish I could reach the mic and slap in the face. To, uh, <laughs> one. Uh, but up until a couple of weeks ago, they were discussing other possible opponents for Douglas af- at the show. Uh, there had been discussions of bringing in Jeff Jarrett, Cactus Jack, and even Brian Pillman before he passed. Paul Heyman even attempted to get WCW to loan him Ric Flair for the night as part of a settlement over the whole Raven contract situation. God. Uh, um, I'm curious how the Cactus Jack would have worked. He was currently Mankind WWE. Yeah, well, the, they were working with WWE at the time, so they were hoping that they'd loan him for the night. But yeah. Wait a minute. I do have to retract that. He actually was Cactus Jack on TV a couple weeks prior. <laughs> right. That's right. Well, I... I just like how Heyman's like, uh, how about you loan us the Nature Boy Ric Flair for one night? And if you do, <laughs> I will not give you the, or I will not slap this bogus lawsuit against you. <laughs> but Heyman has been talking about filing a lawsuit about that, but he still hasn't done it. And WCW hasn't really even considered settling with him. So there was no chance that they were going to let him use Flair. Can you imagine if they would have approached Ric Flair and was like, hey, you're going to wrestle uh, in ECW against Shane Douglas. He's like, Wait, I- I'm going to wrestle where? And against that guy who used to team with Johnny Ace? Like, what? And and in front of how many people? Yeah. It's like, um, I, you know what? Not to pull a uh, Terry Funk, but I think my horse is going to be sick that week. <laughs> I know it's not a thing yet, but I can hear him saying, it's a no for me, dog. Yeah, right. Hmm. Uh, that doesn't work for me, brother. If ever there was a time to use that. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, at the here's where we start going off the effing rails with the ECW news, man. That was just the warm up. At the latest ECW arena show, a fan punched Mikey Whipwreck in the face. While he and Bam Bam wow. Bigelow were fighting in the crowd. The fan then ran out of the building to escape God. Uh, many wrestlers. So, uh, well, many wrestlers in the dressing room came out and ran out of the building after him and searched for him in the parking lot. Luckily for the fan, he escaped. Many said that it killed the momentum of the show because the whole show basically came to a stop in the middle of the match at that point. And people said that it was unprofessional for everybody to come out of the locker room like that, which is something you'd never see in WWF or a WCW show. You don't say. Well, well, uh, hold on. You wouldn't see that because it doesn't attract those kind of fans. But right. I mean, why didn't Bigelow grab him? I mean, you know, uh, might have actually maybe. killed him, and I don't, I'm not saying that should have happened. But <laughs> right. I don't, dude. I, just like really, like the. I don't know, man. We're gonna talk about another possible fan interaction here at the end of this uh, show. But here's but. my. Here's one other thing about this though. Mikey Whipwreck was genuinely loved by everybody. Yeah. Why him? 
Hell if I know. F you, Mikey. I don't know. Maybe the guy was from Jersey. We don't know. He was a big Bam Bam Bigelow fan. But at the same show, during the uh, seg- during a segment with Beulah and Francine in the ring, a woman in the crowd... A woman in the crowd flashed her breasts at the crowd, which totally took the crowd out of the angle. I wonder why. It seems to be a running thing with this company, huh? Taking the crowd out of things, okay? <laughs> uh, Good thing Paul, for, a, for a, something that uh, relies on crowd uh, participation and money. Right. Take them out of it. Uh, Paul Heyman got on the mic and said, now we've seen all, or, or now we've all seen what a lousy pair looks like. Wow. Oh, of course you did. I wish I had more thumbs so I can give them four thumbs down. The milk's gone bad, Charlie Murphy. Sorry, anybody who's a Chappelle show fan knows what I'm talking about. God. Uh, we're not done with the crowd stuff yet, buddy. Uh, at, an ECW, at an ECW show, a teenage girl grabbed Shane Douglas's hair as he was walking by. He turned around and spat in her face, and she spat back at him. This led to Francine getting into a fight with the girl until security broke it up. Uh, by this point, the crowd was about to riot until it was settled. The girl later called the police and claimed that Douglas punched her, and Douglas was questioned after the show. Good God. All right. I'm going to give you a second for editing, but what the fuck? <laughs> uh. Why would you... Starting with Shane Douglas, okay? I'm not uh, saying, hey, someone spits on you, just take it. But you spit right back in the girl's face? No, no, no. He spit and then, first because she pulled his hair. Oh, uh, I stand corrected. That's even worse. <laughs> and then why the hell did um, Francine decide to get an altercation with her? A teenage why girl. Why get her the hell out? Yeah. It's like, I, this wasn't like an old woman, or like, well, or like a middle-aged woman or something. This was like a teenage girl. Like, what the hell, man? And they, I'll say they... Probably didn't know it was a teenage girl, to be very fair, but still. Yeah, she could have looked better, especially at that show. Yeah, I know. I was like, dude, just like, at the very worst, like, I've, I've seen wrestlers, like, you know, it's, it's like natural instinct. They turn around, like, shove somebody off of them. Like, all right, I, I could understand that. But you turn well, around and spit on her. Really human, not just wrestling, but. Yeah. <sighs> it's like, you turn around and spit on her? Like, what the frick, man? That can be considered assault. Yes, it can. Uh, we're not done, though, of course. This is, doesn't involve oh, the of crowd, not. but this one is the shocking story of the pod, though, so, you know. A shock! Master! <laughs> Before a recent ECW show, New Jack told Joel Gertner that he was going to blade him during an angle they had planned. Oh, God. Uh, Gertner freaked out, rightfully so, and went to Pitbull number two about it. Pitbull number two confronted New Jack, and, and they got into a... What? Like, why two? Why not one? You know? <laughs> I forget which one was... I, I forget which one was uh, which. Gary Wolf and the other one. I don't know. But I just... Yeah, I, I can't I'm sorry, remember I'm just which one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gary Wolf uh, was Pitbull number one. Okay, so he went to... Okay, so he went to Anthony Durrani. Oh, so, uh, okay, if I was going to pick one... Like Anthony Durrani was the the big jacked up bald one, so and not that Gary Wolf was small, but I probably would have picked number two as well. Either way, uh, Pitbull number two confronted New Jack, and they got into a big heated argument with the N word allegedly being used. Of course, it was. 
It involves New Jack, therefore somebody called him the N-word. Look, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying this seems to be a pattern. I'm just saying it loses its credibility when New Jack says it every damn interview. Yeah, right. Well, we, well, we got into an argument and he called me the N-word. I, I'm sure he did, New Jack. Uh, but from there, it was reported that New Jack threw some punches at Pitbull number two, but he reportedly wasn't phased by them at all. Well, yeah. Uh, and then the other wrestlers stepped in to break it up. However, with so many wrestlers in the locker room reportedly tired of New Jack, they decided to let them go, assuming that Pitbull number two <laughs> would beat his ass. <laughs> uh, they ended up brawling again until Paul Heyman came into the locker room and forced the wrestlers to break them up again. By the next day, New Jack and Pitbull number two had shaken hands and made up, so no harm, no foul. <sighs> There's not one single part of that story, except for maybe the N-word being used, that I doubt. All right, not one. <laughs> Look, if I was going to be putting an angle <sighs> with New Jack and he said, I'm going to blade you, I, I would have freaking freaked out, too. I saw what he did to Mass Transit. Yeah, he killed him. I mean, it's not a joke. He paralyzed half of his face. Because he cut like nerves and crap. <sighs> but either way, this is my last ECW story. Thankfully, uh, ECW is planning Good to heaven. bring is planning to bring in California indie wrestler Aaron O'Grady for a tryout, and he'll likely work with Spike Dudley. That would be Crash Holly. He had a few dark matches in ECW and didn't end up signing. He trained like about a mile away from my house. In the little garage. Oh, wow. Nice. That's the original uh, APW. Oh, yeah. He was he was good, man. Featured like, on Dark Side of the Ring, but not this. What's that called? Uh, oh, hell. That, I don't uh, that, that one thing. Not beyond the, the Mat. Beyond the Mat. Yeah, it was yeah. in there. Yeah. he. Uh, I think he was ahead of his time, man. I think if he was around today, he'd have more. Because he's, I mean, he's not any smaller than, like, Jamie Noble or anything like that. Well, I don't know. But uh, the all Japan women's. I know. They passed. Him. Yeah, I know. I, I do you remember like what what the hell happened to him? I think he had a heart attack. This wow, he died in '03. Oh uh, no, uh, asphyxia due to pulmonary asphyxiation as a result of overdose of alcohol and drugs. Damn. That sucks. I tried not to go right there, but either way, uh, the All Japan Women's Promotion in Japan has filed for bankruptcy. The filming, or no. excuse me, the, fi the filing <laughs> lists them as uh, 1.6 billion yen in debt, which is about 13.6 million dollars in American. Yike! Uh, the owners held a press conference to announce that. They hope to continue and plan to keep running shows in 1998, but most people feel like this is uh, likely or this likely signals the end of the promotion, which is actually the third oldest in the world behind EMLL and WWF. That's the part of the story that shocks me is that it was like the third oldest promotion in the entire world. I had never heard of it till you started doing this podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, I know it was, it was a big deal in Japan. Uh, a lot of people, like, uh, if they needed, like, uh, you know, to fill out their women's rosters or whatever, they usually checked out All Japan Women. Medusa wrestled there a lot. So, last story I got here, though, is uh, actually MMA-related. So, there you go. 
I want to see if you know anything about this. I know you weren't really watching at this time, but uh, involves some bigger names. So the U- the latest UFC pay-per-view was highlighted by Randy Couture scoring a huge upset win over Vitor Belfort. Uh, I was not an upset, but okay. <laughs> uh, and also by Tank Abbott flat out quitting in the middle of his fight. Uh, I remember okay. that. What happened? He literally just taps down. His face gives up. Can't say. Was he getting his ass beat? I believe that was the one. Yeah. Uh, who's? Do you know who he was fighting? That I couldn't tell you. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, because of the various cable outlets not carrying the event, the show was also broadcast on the internet for twenty dollars. As a test market without a lot of publicity, it drew about a thousand orders. I can't imagine on dial-up internet in 1998 <laughs> ordering a show to live stream. Oh man! Can you yeah. imagine the buffering? It used to take me like it took me like an hour to download a damn three megabyte song. So yeah, <laughs> it, took, it would take me like at least I don't know, 30 seconds to a minute just to download a, a large JPEG. Yep, I remember that. So like that, and, and if it was a PNG, oh god, that was that was gonna take you about a minute and a half to two minutes. All right, depending on the size. <laughs> if oh, anybody, man. anybody thinks I'm joking, I like I am like saying a joke. This is real. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> this is real. It's just no. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Like it was, it was a nice thought, I guess. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't even know what, what event that would be. Okay, this is the one right here. To take Abbott fell off the bar stool onto the octagon. <clears throat> That's what? when he, uh, yeah. yeah. He fell off a bar stool? Onto the octagon, yeah. Uh okay. Who the hell uh, who the hell who the hell didn't even fight? Maurice Smith. I knew yeah. who he is, but I've never seen him fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm being an a-hole, but yeah, I couldn't tell you who the hell that is. Because I know I've heard about this. I didn't see it, obviously, but I heard about it. Yeah. So it was October 1970. I'm Roy Smith. TKO to leg kicks. He basically gave up. And he huh. kicked his leg so hard. Like, you know, Owen Hart, he kicked his leg out of his leg. He was sitting on the stool, apparently, and fell off the stool. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, October 1998 was a bad time for uh, for him because... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. We're I'm, This is 97. Okay, I'm looking at... Okay, well, then October was just a bad month for him because uh, in October of 1998, uh, he got beat via K... He got knocked out by Pedro Rizzo. So, there you go. Either way... That does it for the news and notes. Time to get into the event at hand. I'm actually excited to talk about this one. It's Halloween Havoc time. Right after this. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me. Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. 
Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! It's winter time. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop-in, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUpSports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back back. it's wcw halloween havoc 1997 the date was october 26 1997 the tagline snap into the madness the venue was the mgm grand garden arena in paradise nevada which was a suburb of Las Vegas. The attendance was... Paradise, Nevada is Las Vegas. That's the thing. You won't realize that. Huh. Well, is that, yeah. like, uh, is that like Hollywood is Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. Uh, I never got that, but... Eh. But uh, the attendance was 12,457, and the buy rate was 1.10, which amounted to 405,000 buys. I mentioned this to you. The only show this entire year that got a better buy rate for WCW was Starcade. So this this was huge, and nothing was really close. Uh, this this was just a huge buy rate for WCW. The show uh, the show sold out and set an all time gate record for WCW, but that record has already been broken by World War Three advanced ticket sales. Which God, that sounds so damn weird. Right, <laughs> blows my mind. <laughs> We go to commentary for a bit after all the pyro blows off, and then we're right into our first match. This one is Yuji Nagata with Sonny Ono in his corner taking on the Ultimo Dragon. 
in nine minutes, 42 seconds. Ravens flock randomly comes through the crowd about halfway through this one, and they take seats in the front row. Uh, in the end, Ultimo Dragon locks in the Dragon Sleeper with an arm that Nagata had been working on. Nagata reverses it into a Fujiwara armbar for the submission win. Uncle Dave gave this three and three quarters of a star. I gave it an even three. I thought it was a great opener. What say you? I thought it was great, too. I gave it three as well. He damn near gave it four stars, so I'm like, good lord. Can you imagine if this took place in the Tokyo Dome? <laughs> He's touching his little weenus to this one. Not the table, Dave. <laughs> uh, but after the match, Yuji Nagata assaults the Ult- Ultimo Dragon for a bit before leaving. And then we go to Gato versus uh, Chris Jericho in seven minutes, 18 seconds. This match was apparently added at the last minute. They had planned to do a Bill Goldberg versus Mang match, but for some reason that got scrapped. So this was put out there to fill oh, the time. Hey, don't worry, Goldberg's going to do something way better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll just, get you. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. Look, One I, of those. Those things, uh, I think this w- this match, I didn't have me jumping out of my seat, but this was going to be a hell of a lot better match quality than Goldberg and Mang. But, yeah, still kind of random. Opinion. <laughs> Ghetto looks like a snot-nosed punk, in my opinion. It just, he had a slappable face. He's wearing some yeah, red and folks, yellow. This man here who's pushing only 30 just called someone a snot-nosed punk. <laughs> I am 32, I will have you know. <laughs> but, just help prove my point more. Thank you. What a great friend you hey, are. Hey, I'm getting gray hair. I can call people <laughs> snot-nosed punks, all right? Get off my lawn. Yeah, kid, get off my lawn. But he's wearing some uh, red and yellow outfit and has buzzed blonde hair. So clearly he's a huge Hulkamaniac. I I was like, is he like a K-pop before K-pop is K-pop? <laughs> uh, well, he's from Japan, so it would be J-pop. Well, J-pop, whatever. Get it right. Damn it, Greg. <laughs> Look, it's, it's nothing to do with the... I thought K-pop was just everybody in, in Asia. I didn't know it was just... Korea at first, okay? so give me a break on that. Yeah. God dang it, pal. The letters. Hey, we joke, man. Those fools, sell, they, those fools sold out Levi Stadium here in like 20 minutes. Oh, God. Yeah, They're, I know. They play for keeps, man. They're for real. They, they make bank. I don't care what anybody, like, <laughs> people can at me, and I'm sure they will. Well, not on a wrestling podcast, because those weirdos don't listen to, you know, watch wrestling or anything. But uh, if you're a big K-pop or J-pop, I, I don't give a crap. None of those people can sing, okay? Like, I've tried listening to them sing. I'm like, they suck. Like, and it's not just missing that they don't point, like the dude. song. They're, you're missing the point. They're pretty. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, they're man pretty. And, I mean, the, the girls are obviously pretty. But, like, my thing is, like, it's not just the songs are bad. Like, I could get over that because it's, you know, bubblegum pop, whatever. But they can't sing. They're awful. I'm like, why, why them? I, I swear, they've got to have more talent in those countries. Either way, speaking of talent. I watch America's Got Talent. I know they have more talent in those countries. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Jericho tried for a standing Hurricane Rana, or a standing Super Hurricane Rana, like off the top rope, but he basically falls on his damn head as they, like, slip. <sighs> yeah. This this was 
ugly, man. I was like, damn, that looks scary. In the end, Ghetto tries for a top rope leg drop onto a kneeling Jericho, which, uh, you know, uh, John Cena would perfect years later. But uh, Jericho moved, and Ghetto lands hard on his ass. Uh, Jericho then locks in the Lion Tamer for the submission win. (laughs) Uncle Dave gave this three stars. I gave it two and a half. What say you? I gave it two. I'm not going to lie. I flirted with three, but it's like, mm, it was okay. Yeah, that's why I ended up giving it the two and a half, because it was just like, I, it was It fine. was a fun match, though. I'll tell you that. It's not one yeah. like, oh, you watched this crap. It was fun. Yeah, it was It was good. Uh, I, I know Ghetto more as the, uh, uh, you know, the booker of New Japan rather than the wrestler. So this was different. Yeah. Uh, backstage, Miji Nokerlin is standing by with Queen Deborah. She won't reveal who her mystery man is that will take on Mongo later tonight. Steve Mongo McMichael <sighs> finally comes barging in and says that he got Deborah into this business, and if she doesn't need him anymore, he she needs to give him back her di- big diamond ring, credit cards, and everything else. She says that she earned all that throughout the years for putting up with him and his family. Mean Jean says that all of this sounds like it should be settled <laughs> in the court of law, and then sends it back to the ring. I'm not Ugh. sure he messed up, but I'm like, I don't think she was lying with that. Dealing with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes, man. Uh, I, there is this line, I guess, that he always uses about his, about the, like Deborah, and I, I don't know if he's got a, I think he's got a few other ex-wives. He says, uh, he, they came in on scholarship or something like that. Like, what the wow. F? Anyway, we go to this match up next, which uh, all downhill from here, man. I'm not. I'm not even. We were doing. We're we're doing really well too. But yeah, well, this one is about to. Not even joking. This is going to set the word woods on fire. It's Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio Jr. It's (laughs) title versus mask uh, for the WCW World Cruiserweight Title in 13 minutes 51 seconds. Yeah. Because when I hear Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, I think, fast forward. Uh, For those who don't know, I'm obviously joking. But But after an amazing match, Rey Mysterio reverses a Splash Mountain into a Hurricane Rana pin for the win. Uncle Dave says that the only reason it's not his match of the year is because it's too short. Get the hell out. Oh, it's not an hour long. Therefore, it can't be match of the year. Like, are you effing kidding me? It goes almost a quarter of an hour. But Uncle Dave gives it four and three quarters of a star. Oh, well, I get five. <laughs> Let's see. This is five stars. And in my opinion, the greatest match in the history of WCW. Easily. Easily. Yep. Yeah, this is this Damn is good. the reason I was looking forward to watching this match on this whole pay-per-view back for this match right here. <clears throat> yep. I mean, you just it doesn't get any better than this. Nope. And it's uh it kind of makes everything after it look crap in comparison, even if the stuff after it was oh, better than hold what it on. is. It, it manages to do that itself. You hold on. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said, even if this match didn't exist. Like, uh, <laughs> but it just like that makes it even worse by comparison. But yeah, man, this is this is like I've watched Nuts. this match like a hundred times in my lifetime. Yep. I love that you can play it back, by the way, on the showcase mode on 2K22. But uh, it's a it's masterpiece. Awesome. And that word really gets is. thrown around easily sometimes, but this is one of the greatest professional wrestling matches in the history of wrestling. 
it's too bad these guys never hooked up ever again, too. Is this was it? This was a swan song, never again. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the finish of this match was changed literally minutes before the pay per view started. The plan had been for Mysterio to lose his mask, which Ray had was uh, strongly protesting. At one point, Eric Bischoff called up Mysterio and told him that if he didn't lose the match, it would be considered a breach of contract and he would fire Mysterio and file a lawsuit against him. <sighs> this is so stupid. That pisses me off. I know. He still to this day stands by it. He thinks that, uh, you know, none of the luchadors should have had masks or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, because you can't They're totally market that. luchadors, you freaking idiot. <laughs> I, I know. It's like that's the whole gimmick. It adds to it. Plus, like, how can you not, like, market that? The WWF made bank off of selling his masks and variations of his toys and everything what, else. What, what, what do you mean made? <laughs> or are making. They but, currently yeah. are. Right. <laughs> like, for God's sake. And it's, and it's the most, I mean, at that point, like, to your point, it was 97 and he wasn't, you know, the greatest, you know, known luchador or whatever. But, no, but this was the huge jumping point. Yeah, it's like it's now become one of the like the most iconic luchador mask of all time. I mean, people can argue and try to say it's El Santo and whatever. Uh, sure, whatever. But his is like a basic just silver mask. Like Everybody knows Rey Mysterio's mask instantly. But I, and I guess Conan went to bat for Mysterio on this one, too, because he said it was it was dumb, which his credit very much was. But Mysterio is popular. Yeah, well, well, about a year or so, it's going to happen. <laughs> well, uh, Mysterio is popular and well liked backstage, so that didn't go over well with much of the locker room. At some point, less than an hour before the show, Mysterio and his new agent met with Bischoff, and the finish was eventually changed just before the show went on the air, on the condition that Mysterio agreed to lose the mask sometime in the future. Yeah. And what a world of good that did his career. But uh, I find that ironic, by the way. He had to lose the mask in WCW, and he said that when he came back to WWE, Vince was adamant that he had the mask. Really? <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. I was I, wondering I, when he came in, in, in 2002, I was like, is he going to have the mask? Because we know he didn't have it in WCW at the end. He was yeah. on the last night show without it. And yeah, he had it. So Vince wanted it. And probably because Vince knew you can sell stuff with a guy with a mask. Yeah, somebody, I don't know if Vince himself saw that or multiple people saw that. Honestly, I'm surprised Vince wanted Ray at all because it just, he doesn't seem like Vince's type, you know? But yeah, but maybe he was the one. Yeah. Like Shawn Michaels wasn't a big buff dude and he liked him. So yeah, he always makes an exception, I guess. I don't think he liked Eddie at first, but, um, I know Bruce said no, he kept pitching him. No, said they, wa- they wanted Perry Saturn, right? That was the one, right? <laughs> yeah. And, no offense. No offense. I'm sorry, but the least of the four was the one? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so, Saturn was uh, good. Don't get me wrong, but oh yeah, he was the, yeah. the fourth guy. Let's be real. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're also putting him up against, you know, some of the greatest of all time. So yeah, That's true. But, but yeah, he, uh, I guess Pritchard pitched, he said his the one he really wanted was Eddie. And he said he kept pitching him as the Mexican Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So. yeah. <sighs> but either or way, was Shawn Michaels, the white Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> wow. Right. But after the match, Mysterio is celebrating with the cruiserweight title and he gets jumped by Eddie who tosses Ray out of the ring. 
Uncle Dave says that the first three matches of the show made this pay-per-view look like it was going to be excellent. And then after match four, it turned into one of the worst pay-per-views in years. Yeah. I just hate agreeing with that fool. Yeah. It makes me feel dirty. I'm like, I got a shower now. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, we now oh, go. Oh, no. Can I say? He's right. He's got a point. Yep. But we now go to a black and white promo backstage for Hollywood Hogan and Eric Bischoff. Hogan talks about his arms, and Bischoff says that since WCW hasn't provided a safe working environment, Hogan will not wrestle. He says that the only way Hollywood will <laughs> wrestle tonight is if WCW delivers a contract promising that Sting won't appear tonight. Hogan says that uh, this all lies at the feet of J.J. Dillon. Either he gets what uh, he gets him the contract or the fans will riot because they won't get to see Hollywood Hogan perform. And uh, something that could have caused a riot because they were forced to see it is coming up here in a second. But anyway, my my note for this, by the way, did you realize how freaking long this went on? God, I know. On a pay per view. What the hell are we doing? Wasting all this time on this? Yep. Why? Like, it's pay-per-view. Why? Why is this a thing? Whatever. But anyway, uh, speaking of, you know, like I just said, something that could have caused a riot. It's Steve Mongo McMichael versus Alex Wright with Queen Deborah Dust, in his corner. Dust Wonderkind. <laughs> this goes about six and a half minutes. Alex Wright as the mystery man went over like a fart in church. He came I out. I think a fart in church might get a little bit more pop, actually. But... <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and I like Alex. I got to point this out, by the way. I did, I did not think he was bad. They but... put him in crap situations. Wow. Like they buried this dude, and they were like, "I don't know why he's not getting over." Like, I God, I don't know. When he first debuted and won the TV title and all that, he was mega over. Yeah. Like, would he and piss then... somebody off or something, or what? Yeah. <sighs> right. Well. Unlike Daniel Garcia, he did not have naughty pictures of uh, the owner. See, yeah, rookie mistake. He was only 19 when he was signed, too. So he didn't know anybody yet. Yeah, right. He should have got pictures of uh, Eric Bischoff with a donkey and, you know, whatever. (laughs) But anyway, uh, yeah, so basically his music hits and the crowd went mild. Uh, Mongo hits a tombstone at one point on Alex and then Deborah distracts a referee. Goldberg jumps Uh, in the ring. No. She doesn't. Okay. Not no, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so she's I'm not be getting ahead of you, but go ahead. <laughs> well, she kind of distracts him, but the ref is like, "Well, this is my cue." So Goldberg jumps in the ring, and Mongo is out of position. So he turns around and pretends like he didn't see him just jump in the damn ring, and then he turns around and gets speared damn near into the referee, who still won't turn and look. <laughs> And then Goldberg <laughs> and Goldberg hits Mongo with a jackhammer. By the way, when Mongo was going up for the jackhammer, his feet hit the referee in the process. And the referee, <sighs> I swear, looked at him like three or four times out of like uh, peripheral vision, at least. He did. He kept looking around like, what the? Sh- oh, never mind. I can't look. Uh, but he, oh, hits the ja- he hit the jackhammer on Mongo. He picks up Alex Wright and drops him on him. And then he goes to leave. And then now the ref turns and and Wright gets the pinfall win. Uncle Dave oh. rightfully gave this negative star and a half. I gave it I actually gave it a positive star and a half. What say you? 
I gave it one. This sucked. This it was did. deplorable, man. What happens next is the most interesting part of the match. Because <laughs> <laughs> after the match, Goldberg <laughs> takes McMichael's Super Bowl ring because uh, apparently he made a deal with Deborah that if he did this, he gets the Super Bowl ring. I guess I don't freaking know. Uh, and then Alex Wright is like, oh, hey, man, thanks. And Goldberg knocks the crap out of him for reasons. <laughs> so apparently he's a dick. Uh, he then spears him and then jackhammers him in the ring. And now he leaves. Oh, God. <laughs> this was, yeah, this is following the greatest match they've ever had in the history of that company, by the way. Just keep that in mind. Yep. God. We now go backstage for another black and white promo for the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Miss Elizabeth. Uh, Macho Man says that he's going to snap into DDP tonight because he's a marked man. Tonight, he doesn't care about hurting himself as long as he hurts DDP in the process. Oh, yeah. And he makes sure to tell us all about Slim Jims and whatever and show off his Slim Jims outfit. To be fair, I think he was contractually obligated to. So I give that one the pass. Ah, but up next, we get this. It is real quick, by the way. Uh, this this is the last match of the feud. You guys, we've covered every match in this feud this year. Oh God, yeah, yay! Well, this one, it is a non-title match, so you know who's going to win. We get wait, wait, hold on a second. This actually just hit me. Yep. Yeah, get me too. Two, we get two <laughs> champions in the night. Uh, and it's non-title matches. At why the Eric Bischoff calls their temple event? Right. Yeah, but yeah. and why? Why are the championships not on the line? Because f you. That's why. That just uh, ruins it. Who's going to win? Well, yeah, in a sense. Well, it is Disco Inferno, the television champion, taking on Jacqueline. About nine and a half minutes. <laughs> And real quick, uh, throwback to one of our other pods. I don't know. We did a lot of new 97 this year, but do you remember when we were talking about that story when he basically uh, fired because he wouldn't lose the check one? Yep. Well, this is the payback. So. Yep. Not Look, we're going to bring you back. Away, but... <laughs> we'll bring you back. We'll give you the TV title, but you got to do the job to Jacqueline. Why? Because F. Not only that, but you have to look like a complete idiot. Which is not hard for him, but oh well, yeah. Uh, well, Bischoff even flat out said on his podcast, he was like, "Yep, I was going to make him do that job." You know, that was that was it. <laughs> he said that was, that was a condition of bringing him back was he had the job to Jacqueline. Effing, so like, I'll say this: I get humbling him because he said no and he got fired for it. I'm totally for that, but this was dumb. You shouldn't have asked him to do this to begin with. I'm going to go you one better. This should not have been on pay-per-view. Hell no. <laughs> Put it on Nitro. Waste time on there. Good Lord. This goes for over nine and a half minutes, by the way. Think about that. And, and not to not to uh, get ahead of you, but about eight and a half minutes of this is spent on the damn floor. Yep. Now, my first note, Disco stalls a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of him trying to not get, trying not to hit Jackie or to get hit does a lot of defensive moves, not really much offense here. And then he'll like drop her and then run. She chases him up the aisle at one point and beats him back to the ring 
in the end, she ends up getting a surprise schoolboy, the dreaded schoolboy, for the win. Uncle Dave gave this a quarter of a star. I gave it a star. There you go. I gave it one. I didn't want to give it that. Yeah, this um, this was something. Uh, well, after the match, Disco sits in the ring, surprised. Uh, you're not the only one. Uh, but up next, we might wait, get... Wait, wait, you were surprised? You didn't see this crap coming? Oh, yeah, well, well, I was surprised they put this crap on pay-per-view and made us sit through it. But up next, we might get something that actually resembles a wrestling match here. It is Kurt Hennig defending the United States heavyweight title against Ric Flair in about 14 minutes. Kurt wears Rick's red robe with the sleeves cut off to the ring. Flair changes or charges the ring and he beats a snot out of Hennig. Uh, Flair takes his robe back at one point so he can chop and strut in it. Uh, Hennig tries leaving, but Flair drags him back to the ring. Two matches in a row. We get that, by the way. Yeah. Hennig, Hennig attempts a Hennig plex on the U.S. title. Flair blocks it. Flair ends up putting Hennig in the tree of woe. Puts the U.S. title over Hennig's face, and he stomps on it. This was retaliation. I was great. Yeah, this was <laughs> retaliation for the uh, the War Games thing, where he slammed the cage door on Flair's face. For anybody who doesn't know, Uncle Dave only gave this a star and three quarters. I gave it two and a half. I actually liked this match. What say you? I gave it two. I didn't think it um, sucked. I think this match should have been a nitro though, and they could have had a really good long drawn out match on the pay per view, but. Yeah, I could see that, especially if they weren't planning like a big return after this. So I don't know. But referees try to get Flair off of Hennig. But Flair shoves him away. Conan and Vincent now rush out to get Kurt while referees hold Flair pack. The I don't know why you're chuckling at that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We now go onto the stage where Mean Gene Oakland is standing by with J.J. Dillon. Dylan says that Eric Bischoff and Hollywood Hogan are trying to bully people into canceling the main event. But tonight, that match will happen. Eric Bischoff comes out. Oh, says, thank God. Yeah. Oh, no. This show almost sucked. <laughs> I'm kidding. But anyway, Bischoff comes out and says that J.J. Dillon doesn't have the authority to make that match happen. Dylan produces a contract stating that Sting won't be there tonight. Bischoff gets angry and says that Dylan doesn't have the stroke to make that happen. No, but I know somebody who does. Uh, but Dylan assures Bischoff that he does. And the only place Eric would be seeing Sting tonight would be in his nightmares. After this, Bischoff throws a fit. Yeah. And that takes us to this. It is Scott Hall with six in his corner, taking on Lex Luger. Special guest referee Larry Zabisco. Goes about 13 minutes. Of course, things break down between Hall and Larry at one point, and Larry ducks a clothesline attempt to dump Hall right out of the ring. Eric Bischoff runs out then, and Larry kicks him off the apron. Uh, Lex gets the upper hand right before Bischoff distracts Larry long enough for Six to kick Luger in the back. Hall then hits the outsider's edge yeah, on Luger. Sure. We'll say he kicked him in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, close enough. Well, I'm uh, missing wide right, man. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> and they showed on replay. She could get a better look at it. Close up, oh, too. Oh, my God. But Hall then hits the outsider's edge on Luger before Larry reluctantly 
counts the three. Larry now sees on the replay on the Turnertron and de- what happened and demands that Hall get back in the ring or he'll count him out. Hall almost says, screw it, but ends up running back in. He shoves Zabisco. Zabisco shoves Hall. And then Luger locks in the torture rack. Hall gives up, and Larry calls for the bell just as six jumps Larry. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three quarters of a star. Uh, I gave it two and a half. It was, you know, it kept me interested. I'll say that. Let's see you. I gave it two. I was very into it. I didn't think it sucked. I just, I, I love that this was some of their only time when they did long-term stuff. Because this is building as a Bisco and Bischoff. So yeah. you got to give them credit for that. They didn't do a lot of it. Yep. Hey, got to give Larry something to do, man. <laughs> but, uh. After the match, Zabisco locks in a guillotine choke on six until Bischoff and Hall jump him. Hall then holds Larry so that Bischoff can kick him in the face. In the face! In the face! Uh, before pinning him with one foot while Hall counts the three. The NWO leave together as Luger checks on the down Zabisco. And that takes us to this. It is actually my second favorite match of the night. Uh, it is... The Macho Man, Randy Savage, with Elizabeth in his corner, taking on DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, in a Las Vegas sudden death match. Sure, uh, it is eight minute, or excuse me, eighteen minutes and seven seconds long. For anybody I wondering, sudden what this death is, in Vegas is when you get herpes or something from the hooker and you die. That's not herpes. sudden death in Vegas. Hey, whoa! Herpes doesn't kill you. Okay, it's just uncomfortable. <laughs> But uh, this I, I, actually, I didn't realize I was speaking to the expert. I, I apologize. Yeah, exactly. You watch your mouth. Uh, but this is just a <laughs> last man standing match, by the way, for anybody wondering. So they battle up to the stage at one point and DDP throws Savage into a bunch of tombstones and slams him into a few others. This leads to comment uh, the commentary to say Tombstone City and rest in peace. And that's a real tombstone pile driver. I wonder who they were taking shots at. I can't figure it out. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Dusty Rhodes freaks out at one point when the Macho Man is on spaghetti legs, claiming that DDP wobble legged him. I said, Dude, you I'm sorry, but Dusty was a terrible play-by-play guy, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> he sucked. He was bad. Man. He was, like, there for comedic relief. Because, like, seriously, like, Macho Man's, like, stumbling around. He's like, he, he wobble-legged him. Oh, my God, he, he wobble-legged him. Like, what? Are, what? <sighs> we learn that a cameraman is Jackie Crockett when uh, Savage steals his camera. He attempts to hit DDP with it, but Paige kicks it up into his face. In his face. Elizabeth shatters a glass platter over the referee's head to stop the double count. Uh, you know, because you just have them laying around all over. Yeah, and especially then, at a Halloween theme show, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then chokes DDP with a camera cord. Kimberly Page now runs out, looking all the way live, and uh, all the way live and a half. Hell yeah! And drags Elizabeth to the back by her hair. DDP gets a second wind, and Savage blocks a diamond cutter attempt before hitting the diving elbow drop. DDP gets up, and Savage drops him to hit another elbow drop. I wonder if this is when DDP said he got the wind knocked out of him and he pissed blood for a week. <laughs> uh, but DDP gets up, the ref gets bumped, and DDP hit, finally hits the diamond cutter. DDP 
uh, gets knocked outside by someone, or and someone dressed as Sting comes down and blasts DDP in his injured ribs with a baseball bat for turning tonight. <laughs> Uh, that's all she wrote. As a macho man stands up before 10, but DDP does not. Uh, Uncle Dave gives this three and a quarter stars. I give it three and a half. I love this match. What say you? I gave it four. I thought it was great. This was awesome. Uh, you can never, you really can never go wrong with these two. So, like I said, I we love- covered every match, I believe, and I don't think any one of them has been a dud. Nope. Good stuff, pal. Good crap, pal. But the EMTs all come out to check on DDP, and referee Nick Patrick tries to keep uh, Randy Savage away. But uh, Savage showing them guns, up. by the way. Hell yeah! But Savage takes out Patrick and starts beating on Page. Finally, head of security Doug Dillinger tells Savage to leave and guides him out. Well, you know if Doug says it, you f and listen. Uh, <laughs> EM- EMTs rush out to uh-huh. the ring and stretcher Page out of the arena. Commentary tells us that if you look at the boots of that Sting impersonator, it was clearly Hulk, uh, Hollywood Hogan. Oh, I love that. It's like the one time that I can remember that they flat out say, we know who that is. <laughs> yeah, right. Instead of playing along, oh, it might be Sting. Sting's turning on page. But not yeah. you know exactly. <laughs> yeah, it totally looks like it could definitely be Sting, you know. Whatever. Uh, Savage runs back out now and attacks DDP's ribs again and then finally leaves. And that takes us to our second to last break here. When we come back, it's main event time right after this. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start a journey. Not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. 
Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back it's hollywood hogan versus rowdy roddy piper in a steel cage match it was about 13 and a half minutes and why would the belt be on the line greg it's only a pay-per-view because it's Roddy Piper and a pay-per-view with Hogan. It's just happened uh, two of the three times they fought on pay-per-view. That's nuts. Well, this cage is really big, uh, blocky. It's the it's the Thunderdome cage around the ring that uh, looks like uh, it goes around the ring like a hell in a cell. And if anybody looks up the old Thunderdome cage matches in WCW, that that's exactly what this is. Don't ask me why the hell they used this cage, but they effing did. Uh, it was also like TNA's electrified cage, too, by the way. Right. Uh, this was originally used in the main event of Halloween Havoc 89, the very first Halloween Havoc. So go check that out. Uh, so even the cage is old. There you go. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hogan tries to climb the cage and Piper repeatedly bites his ass. <sighs> I mean, Slice the meat. Drink your milk, toss the salad, all of it. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, well, and peel the potatoes. I think I referenced this a couple weeks ago. We were talking about something, and there was, like, biting involved. And yeah. I told you, coming up, was going to be far worse. <laughs> Here you go. Because, yeah, you know, my first instinct is always to bite the guy's ass. Dude, he didn't just bite it. He, like, buried his face in Hogan's ass, dude. <laughs> he freaking motorboated his ass. He was dude. <laughs> Uh, eat that booty up like groceries, man. Uh, but but at one point, Hogan opens the door, and we are informed that if he gets out, it's all over. So Piper hugs him from behind, and they both go out of the cage. Uh, and then Shivani says, oh, it's not nothing over because... happens, by the way. The match just goes on. Huh. Yeah, well, Shivani tells us that it's not over because I, they both went out at the same time. So, you know, whatever. Sure. Yeah, we haven't seen a million cage matches finish like that in the history of pro wrestling. Whatever. Right. Hogan one by the one door. Oh my God. <sighs> well, Hogan goes to leave again. Another match, uh, but another Sting impersonator shows up now on the stage with a bat and points it at Hogan, making him go back. They battle back into the cage. Now another Sting impersonator comes out to join the first one. Hollywood gets busted open. More Stings come out, adding up to I believe six. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage now runs out, climbed it. The Sting impersonators do <sighs> jack all to him, by the way. He just Real quick, blows past them. I want to I wanna mention something, okay? Mm-hmm. Do you, okay, when these Sting impersonators come out, <laughs> you're supposed to be fooled that one of them could possibly be Sting, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, I know where you're going. Why the hell did you have a black man as a potential fake sting. Look, nothing wrong with black guys or something like sting. Not a damn thing wrong with it at all. But if the illusion is to be one of these guys might be Steve Borden, why the hell would you have a black man be one of the possibilities? 
He got a damn good tan, uh, Greg. That's why. We've already established that he is not tan. That's a big problem in WCW. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> it just, don't get me wrong. I get nothing wrong with it at stupid. all. But like, if we're supposed to be fooled into believing one of them is the actual thing, I'm going to take a wild gamble and say, I don't think it's a black man. How I could be dare wrong. you? I could be wrong. Like, oh, this is so well, bad. <laughs> Macho Man climbs to the top of the cage. Hogan holds Piper. Savage dives. By the way, Savage has a bad ankle at this point, so this was both cool and dumb all at the same time. Uh, Savage I, I'm di- saying it was dumb. It was so dumb because of how high up it was. Right. <sighs> Savage it, dives off the top of this gigantic <sighs> cage. This is a big-ass cage, by the way. Uh, it's and like the current day Hell in a Cell, I want to say. About, about, give or take. Yeah, it's tall as hell. Uh, but Piper pulls Hogan sort of in the way of Macho and so he takes him out, kind of, I guess. Piper locks okay, him. My note for this is he does this and very little impact. So it, it meant nothing. How <sighs> dare you? But anyway, Piper locks in a sleeper hold now to put Hogan out for the three count, giving him the submission win. Uncle Dave gave this a dud. I actually gave it two stars. It's below average. Wasn't great. I didn't think it was the worst piece of crap I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, what say you? For that reason, I gave it two as well. I was like, ah, we've seen way worse, but uh, it was, it was this, is probably the, this is probably the best worst match I've seen. <laughs> That's saying something. Well, after the <sighs> match, uh, Savage hits Piper, or, and he beats. He starts beating him up. Eric Bischoff comes into the cage with a Sting impersonator. Now, Hogan pulls the mask off, and it's a black guy. <laughs> Tony Schiavone, we saw earlier, by the way, because his damn sleeps came up. Well, Tony Schiavone <laughs> says this is obviously not. Er, this is obviously a phony sting. What was your wow, first clue, Tony? You up with a feather. Yeah. What, what was your first clue, Tony? <laughs> God. Oh, oh my God. Like it was Hogan. already ruined. By the way, okay, real quick. What what makes you laugh even more is that the big reveal was they're going to pull the, the mask off this one, and you know yeah. that, it's not sting. But, like, his sleeves had rolled up earlier in all the, the ruckus, and you were able to see his skin color. So, yeah. like, the secret was already out, dude. <laughs> well, Hogan and Savage handcuff Piper to the cage now and beat away at him. A fan painted up like Sting. Uh, he, like, uh, jumps the rail and climbs into the cage. Security does jack all. The first Sting impersonator dives on this guy, holding him down. Hogan and Savage beat the absolute piss out of this dude until security <laughs> drags him out. Although, okay, I think Hogan pulled back a little bit. Savage uh, whole hog, okay? I don't know. I, looking at this skeptically, they look like they were both throwing working punches. Maybe a couple, but Hogan, not as much, though. You can go back and look at it. Dude, Savage beats them like, beats them like he stole like, something from him. <laughs> Well, the Dude, camera, oh, but the man, camera keeps rough. focusing on this guy. They're not getting him out of there, so I can't tell if this is a work or not. Commentary keeps effing talking about it's, it. It's definitely not because Bishop said it wasn't, but nobody informed Hogan. <laughs> Apparently, nobody informed the camera guy who focused <laughs> right on his ass. Uh, Shivani <sighs> then informs us that we are desperately out of time, and the show closes with Piper hanging on the cage wall. And Same that brings us because the next the next Halloween having they'll be desperately out of time. It's going to get worse, but we'll save that for <laughs> next year. <laughs> right. 
Uh, we're going to take our final break. On the other end of this, it's final ratings time. We're telling you what's coming up this Friday for the bonus show and next week to wrap up October. Follow the Main Event Marks on Twitter and Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah Brother, mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go movie. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Hey, hey, it's all right. Good on you. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Hey, we're back. Final ratings time here. Internet Movie Database gave this 6.6 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 7 out of 10. I actually gave it 8 out of 10. I enjoyed it. Uh, so B minus, maybe? What say you? C plus. Yeah, we're close. Which is weird considering they had the greatest match in the history of the company on this show, but wasn't enough to save it for me. Yeah, I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was bad, though. Uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't hate watching this. Well, I should say, I didn't hate watching well, most of this. I hated watching the main event. Yeah, that, uh, that was something. I'll just uh, never get over them having an African-American guy potentially be a sting. That's going <laughs> to stick with me, dude. It's just, I can't get over that. F and One dumb. of these might be the real sting. You know, this yeah. guy right here might be. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you could have had any of the damn, like, more fair-skinned luchadors back there. You know, who were probably all there doing nothing, <laughs> all dressed up like Sting. No, one too little. Uh, yeah. I guess there's that, but <sighs> I don't know. But that does this it. This was the most one. stupidest thing they could have done, though. But 
It this match was just a match piece of crap at the end. But, yep. You know, that's for all first round picks. <laughs> well, this Friday, uh, it's bonus week uh, or, uh, you know, bonus show week, double main event week. This Friday, we're actually bringing you uh, WWF from two years ahead of this. It is WWF Raw is War. October 11th, 1999. It's the first time they were ever in the Georgia Dome. And boy, does Vince McMahon take a victory lap on this show because of it. Uh, I haven't watched there, it back yet. Uh, I'm intrigued. I mean, it's not a big thing, but you remember how... Oh, I like, watch it right. well, well, you remember the... Um, you know, when, when, he, when things first started coming out about him right before he stepped down... And he was basically like, "F you! I'm going to open up every show." <laughs> like, yeah, that that's basically what he does. Brilliant. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what he does here, where he's like, "Well, hey, uh, I, you know, guess where we are?" <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, and, uh, and something, something actually significant. I forgot about this. Raw. Something significant happens at the very, very end of the show. Uh, so it's. I mean, it's not like a huge thing, like in the history of wrestling, but it's like, oh, my God, I forgot this, forgot about this damn thing. Uh, but it's in build up to no mercy. We'll talk about it. But that is this Friday. I say it flops like a hell, but whatever. Yeah. Well, next <laughs> week we are bringing you uh, TNA Bound for Glory 2005. It is our second TNA or our second Bound for Glory of the month. Looking forward to watching that one. But that'll it's wrap a, up October. It, it just makes any sense. It's kind of a fun mess. Like, it's a complete mess, but it's fun. That sounds like TNA in a nutshell. And like I said on the last show that we had uh, with uh, Kyle from the Apron Bump, one of the biggest gaffes in the history of pro wrestling happens on this show. <laughs> yeah. I got I to gotta watch back. I, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, so you will, uh, you will know see it. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Greg. And we will see you all this Friday with Raw from the Georgia Dome in 99. And next Wednesday, Bound for Glory 2005. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 